You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you so much for joining our conversation today. We are thrilled to have with us Jody, who is a licensed clinical social worker. She works out of Texas. And Jody has been with the Worth program with Life Changing Services for about four years now. She runs four groups. She is an incredible resource and key player in helping women and men. She works with women and men in her own practice. And I, as I've gotten to know Jody even more, I learned so much from her. Today, we are tapping into her expertise on the brain. And I cannot wait to this conversation, but also just learn and glean from your beautiful brain, Jody. But we're going to talk about trauma on the brain today. And we're going to start with discussing what is trauma and also talk about the effects of trauma on the brain and the body. We're going to discuss triggers and how we react to different triggers and in that fight, flight, and freeze. And actually Jody's going to introduce two more of those trauma responses that we're finding happen more and more with trauma as well. And then we're also going to talk and end with discussing post-traumatic growth. We really want to give each of you hope. And I certainly want to keep reminding everybody that there's hope and healing available. I imagine this is one that women will listen to over and over because it's going to be such incredible psychoeducational information here, but we want to encourage you to hang in there through the end because there is a way through this. And most importantly, we want each of you to know that healing is possible. Jody, welcome. Thank you for joining our conversation today. So happy to be here. I, I want to jump in and say, Jody is one of the therapists that I get to work with at Worth. And I don't know if you know this, Jody, but there are many Jodyisms out there where I'll have women who, for whatever reason, will jump in my group, their schedule changed, and they'll use Jody says this and Jody says this, and then other women pick up on it. And it's just great. I hear the same thing. I concur. <laughs> the one I think I'm most famous for is not my monkeys, not my circus. Yes. And anytime yes. anybody finds a picture or anything, they make certain that they show it to me and send it to me. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be known by that, but there you go. <laughs> what I love is that the way you speak resonates with people. So I am thrilled to have you on today. And I feel like we can't speak about trauma enough. For many reasons, one is because it impacts you so deeply that there is such a longing for a lot of women to understand what the heck is going on and happening with me. But also, unfortunately, there are more and more women who join our ranks on a daily basis who are starting at the beginning, who need this information. So for Amy and I, sometimes we worry that we're sharing the same information over and over. But the reality is every week we're getting new women where they're just learning about this for the first time. So today we're speaking to all women, wherever you are on your journey about trauma, but starting, like you said, Amy, with just the very beginning of Jody, how would you describe 
what is trauma? Well, trauma can be a lot of different things. And by the way, trauma for one person is not necessarily trauma for another. Mm -hmm. Trauma is defined by what we have this kind of emotional response to. So let me give you that. It's so scary, difficult, or stressful that it overcomes our natural abilities to cope. So the traumatic experience ends up affecting us even after it's over. It has a lingering effect. And it's not always something that we experience. Sometimes it's something that we see or something that we hear about others have experienced. And so trauma can be firsthand experiences or second or thirdhand experiences also. But the important thing is that nobody gets to say that's not trauma. If it's trauma to you, if it has lasting impact that is negative and overwhelms you when you think about it or comes in, that would be the definition of trauma for you and what you're dealing with. And especially with women that are married to um, men that have uh, sexual addiction, there are many facets of trauma experiences that you have over and over, some, some the same, some different, but they happen. And they accumulate too. So we sometimes have this accumulating trauma that eventually ends up with women with, with a diagnosable PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, because of them living in this environment where there has been constant trauma, re reoccurring trauma over and over. Jody, I'm really grateful that you clarified and, and that what trauma is to each individual. And I hope women really heard that mainly for the sake of comparing a lot of us, a lot of women, and I'm sure all of us see this in our groups, there's that tendency as women to compare trauma to trauma. And I, I just appreciate you clarifying that and hope that women know that this is why we don't. And I see the comparison a lot with the women I work with because they often will say, oh, mine's not as bad as, and so I shouldn't feel like I feel. The truth is, if you've experienced trauma, no matter what that looks like for you, you have, you should be able to say, I just am not doing okay right now. And we have a tendency, if we minimize it, then we think somehow we're weak or that we're doing something wrong or something else. And that's not the case at all. We have three major players in the brain uh, that when trauma experiences, we have the prefrontal cortex, which is basically the part of the brain that identifies the trauma, that sees it. And it would be considered the part of the brain that is what they call the feeling experiencing part of the brain. It's registering it. Then we have the, the amygdala, which is the survival part of the brain. And so when this, when the uh, prefrontal cortex recognizes something that's not okay, now the amygdala is going to go into survival mode. And that's when we start hitting the fight, flight, or freeze. And then in response to that, it kicks in the hippocampus. And the hippocampus then is the problem-solving part of the brain and is looking for a solution. But the problem is a lot of times when we have experiencing trauma over and over again and repeated trauma, the prefrontal cortex actually disconnects and it doesn't allow the amygdala to really respond. It, the brain becomes disconnected in this normal pattern of thinking. And that's where it starts to get in trouble. But the way that you, you don't really know that what's happening in your brain, but you know what you're feeling. And so when you're looking at this, we're looking at basically the amygdala goes into that fight, flight, or freeze. And there are two more now that they're identifying as 
trauma responses. The fight, let's do the first one. Flight is basically where you are, you want to stand there, you want to fight your ground, you're going to, you get really angry. That's the anger one. Uh, there's the flight, which is I'm not safe and I'm going to run away. And that could be literal physically, or that could be just emotionally shutting down. Then there is the freeze, which is you just give up, you space out, you may be feeling overwhelmed and frustrated, but you're just not able to even do anything about it. You're stuck in it. The two new ones that they're describing also is one called flop which is you become basically just really sad, feeling hopeless and depressed, apathetic. You just give up, like immediately you just shut everything out and you just feel hopeless. And the last one they're identifying is one where it's called friend, which is you immediately become feel incapac incapacitated, overwhelmed, powerless, and you look to everybody else to tell you how to fix this. So the brain goes into these automatic responses. The amygdala does this to try to protect us. And that's where we often see the trauma in our lives where you may be walking down the street and you hear something or see something and automatically you go into one of these trauma responses and it can be very dis disengaging. It can be really scary. It can be all of a sudden your world just stops and if we don't get you engaged into using the hippocampus to fix it, then you're stuck there in that places. We have women who disengage and that they will even do things like disassociate and those kind of things that can get real. That's a really severe form of disengagement. So it's really scary to look at that fight, flight, or freeze or flop or friend that's happening in your own life and go, what do I do with that? And I think something that you brought up that's so important is the word automatic. Mm -hmm. Because so many people put the pressure on themselves or pressure on other people of, okay, you just need to stop this. You need to stop doing this or stop having this trauma response or stop thinking these thoughts and you'll be fine. But this process happens so quickly that fight, flight, or freeze, that part of your brain in brain spotting, we talk about how you have neocortical part of your brain and the subcortical part of your brain. And that subcortical part of your brain, where you are thinking and processing, you are processing about 60 bits of information per second. But in the neocortical part of your brain, the amygdala, you are processing 11 million bits of information per second. It is firing so rapidly because your body needs to be ready in an instant to keep you safe. And so this process that you're talking about happens so quickly and I want to just reiterate where you said the prefrontal cortex, it disconnects, it goes offline. So much of trauma treatment, which we'll go into more of in a minute, really helps you work this process of reintegrating your brain again, bringing that prefrontal cortex back online and helping the rest of your body settle down and create that safety again. Part of the reason it does that is basically think of flipping a switch so that there is no juice going anywhere else just to the survival space. And if you want to know how quick that is, think about the last time something flew at your face and you blinked. It's that quick. You don't think about blinking. If you had to stop and think something's coming at me, if we were using that prefrontal cortex, if we had to stop and say, oh, something's come at me, I have to blink. By then there'd be something in your eye. And if we stopped and it's coming at us and we have to stop and think this is coming at my eye, what should I do? It'd be too late too. So we don't need the hippocampus in that moment. And we don't need the prefrontal cortex. We need that amygdala that's just going to uh, shut everything down and survive. And that's what we do automatically.
and we don't even, it's so incredibly fast. And I think it's incredibly amazing, right? And that's one of the things that I will tell women when I'm explaining trauma and what's happened to their brain and body and why there's that disconnect because the brain has gone into that survival mode. It's incredible that it was designed this way. And I think one of the most powerful things that we can do when we've experienced trauma, one of the ways that we can move in towards that healing um, process is to acknowledge that this is designed this way to protect you. Something hasn't gone wrong in that you've done something wrong to create this trauma in your life. This is the brain's beautiful way of protecting you. And part of the healing process is as you're going to give us more information on, it's like when you get in a car wreck or if you've ever rear-ended people and I've rear-ended so many people, it, like you're saying that instant, like, bam, Ooh, the brain goes immediately into that trauma response into that survival mode. And then once you exchange insurance cards and all the stuff, you calm down a little bit and you can move back into that prefrontal cortex. But when you've ex- you're experiencing this kind of trauma that we're relating to sexual addiction and betrayal, you've stayed in that space way too long, which is why we have so many residual effects on the body. That hypervigilance that is created, that means everything around you feels unsafe after a while. Is that, and even if it's something that is just normal daily things, all of a sudden it becomes a threat. It's like a, a just, a, you're just triggered so much more rapidly, more often, because that part of the brain is lit up is the best way I can describe it and cannot really move out of it. Now, in order to move out of it, because that's the part that probably all of you are interested in is, okay, I know I'm there. I'm recognizing myself in these things. Help (laughs) me out. Tell me, Jody, what to do. Okay. So there are two basic ideas. There are top-down ideas. Top-down ideas are about talking about learning and, and talking to therapists and those kind of things where you process through those triggers. And what you're going to do in those spaces is do things like, am I really safe right now or not? Because sometimes, and I've seen this in the women whose husbands have gone into recovery and they're no longer in those behaviors. Those women are still constantly triggered by behaviors, things like if they walk in the room and he puts down their, his phone really quick, they automatically just go into a trauma response. Oh no, I'm not safe. Even though he put down the phone because he wants to engage with her, not because he's doing something inappropriate. And so we've got to somehow get you to stop firing into that, into that fight, flight, or freeze. And that's done by top-down strategies where we talk through, we do EMDR, we do those kind of things that we reassess your world and we say, are you really safe right now? And I often do this with the women that I'm working with in my group. I'll say to them, okay, are you safe right now? What have you been seeing in his life? What behaviors are you seeing? What things are you feeling? Are you actually in trouble right now? Or is this just past memories calling, pulling forward and pulling you and keeping you stuck in that amygdala fight, flight, or freeze place? And so that top-down strategies are really important, but there's also the bottom-up strategies, which are, I've already been triggered. Now, what do I do? Okay. So this is where we move into things like learning how to do didactic breathing, or we do yoga or we learn to meditate, or we have guided imageries that we use, or we look at using music. Sometimes it is a way to deal with a a bottom-up strategy would be to get the mind engaged in something else, like count to a hundred by sevens, 
or try to say the alphabet backwards or sit and do the times tables in your head, starting from the top to the bottom. So there are lots of techniques that you can use when you are already triggered. Okay, now what do I do to calm? And what I would say to to the women is that when you're triggered and you need to learn some really great techniques to be that bottom up, calming down, centering again, grounding is a great one. If you've done any work with grounding, have we done, I don't know if we've done a podcast on grounding, but things like looking around you and saying, I see three of these, I see two of these, I see one of these. And if they're still not feeling calm, then you start over. I see three of these, I see two of these, I see one of these. Or um, looking and counting, one of my favorite ones is if you're in any kind of an office building, looking up and counting tiles on the ceiling. Or looking around and saying, how many yellow things do I see around me right now? There's also body scans where you you start like from the bottom of your feet and you put your feet flat on the floor and you sit and you think about just relaxing your feet and you imagine almost roots growing out of your feet into the ground. And then you move up into your calves and you think about tensing and releasing and just calming the body and you slowly move up. And you're just settling and grounding yourself one level at a time into the earth, basically. And that can help. Tapping for a, a lot of ladies has been really helpful. I was trained during during the during COVID by Dr. Robert Bray. And he is, you can go look up his podcast, his, his website, and he will walk you through tapping. But a lot of women have found tapping to be incredibly helpful and just pressure. Sometimes a physical stimulation to ground can be really helpful too. So those are some of the techniques, but you need to get really good at that because once you calm, then you can go back to the top down and work through, am I really safe right now or not? Now, there may be times you're not safe and that amygdala fired because it needs to. It needs to right now. You're not safe. But for a lot of the women that we work with, they are having periods of safety yet still triggering. And that's the part that makes you feel like, what's the matter with me right now? How do I fix that? I love that you broke it down to the top down and the bottom up. And just to give like a little more explanation, top down means where you're starting in the brain, Mm -hmm. right? We're starting in the brain, working our way down. Bottom up is we're starting in the body getting the body grounded. Now we move up to our brain. And I love how you slowed that down to explain in my brain. I picture two columns. Mm -hmm. And as you explain to each one, I hear the benefit of, we need to know each one. We need to have access and use tools out of each one. But really what I'm hearing is the need for women to know which one do I go to? Yeah. And that comes through experience as we know these things and we gather the information, then we have to go try it and say, because not everything works for everybody. I have many women that the breathing, the didactic breathing, which is that four, seven, eight pattern is really empower, empowering and incredible. And others that doesn't do anything for them. So we really, we're going to try and gather information and try these things and put together our own little trauma toolbox of, if this doesn't work, then I'll try this, then I'll try this and I'll try this. And I will tell you my, my go-to is if I tell them you really, they just cannot get out of the trauma. My final one is then you need to exercise for at least 45 minutes go. And it doesn't have to be aerobic or anything else. It just has to be big muscle movement, because what happens is the brain then starts to create chemicals of dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine that are natural body calmers. 
And in incredibly, like you find yourself just crying or hysterical or just really into a trauma space, a lot of times a walk for about 45 minutes will get all those chemicals rocking and rolling and calm the body chemically, much like taking an aspirin, a Tylenol will calm a headache for about four hours. But you need to get really good at know, trying these things, figuring out which ones are your go-tos. And then if all else fails, our, go out of, our, our get out of jail free card of this is usually and that will take you down to a place where you can finally not spend hours and hours crying and sobbing in beds. And there are many women that get in that trauma space that they literally lose days of their lives because they just cease to function and cry in bed for days. And rather than do that, and that makes you feel awful, you feel disempowered, you feel like, what's the matter with me? You want to figure out how to calm so that you can then go back to the top down. And I think it's so important that what you just said at the end, that you do go back to the top down because I do see some women who go, okay, how do I get out of this trigger? Okay, do my grounding or do my tapping or do this. Okay, yay, I'm out of the trigger. Now let's pretend the trigger didn't happen and keep going with life. And if we skip that extra step of, okay, let's process through it. Let's figure out what happened. Let's reassess how safe I am. If we skip that part, yeah. then we can just get stuck in the cycle of continual trigger. And that's why we sometimes need professional help. You need people that are trained. Sometimes EMDR is just wonderful. And EMDR works like a term for some people and not at all for others, which is interesting. It's one of those things that sometimes doesn't. But it's sometimes we, if we don't know how to do the top-down stuff, that's usually when you're going to go meet with somebody who's skilled in helping you to work through it and ask the questions. And that's what I find myself doing with a lot of these women is just talking it through with them. Tell me what you tell me what's going on. What did you feel here? What was the trigger that you had? And talking them into a place of safety, if there is one. Now, sometimes there's not, maybe they're not safe, but if it really is, we're triggering because we're just triggering because of that, that PTSD uh, space we're in, then we need a way to be able to work through that and find a space of safety for ourselves in the top down. And again, I love that we're breaking this apart. And I, this is, this is so exciting to me. I love talking about the brain and I'm learning so much as well. I also find that it's interesting when women are like, I'll be working with a woman and with coaching, it's a lot about the thoughts, right? Let's dive into the thoughts. But when I find that a woman can't do an exercise, like a thought dump, or I'll ask a question and you literally will watch the brain just freeze. That there is a beautiful indication that we need to do the bottom up. We need to ground. I hope that women, as you're listening to this, like we said in the beginning, just like we can't compare our trauma to other people. Also, I want you to know that when you're trying to identify here, the difference for yourself with what Jody's giving you, I want you to have a lot of self-compassion and not judge where you're at. There is no better here. Okay. Whether you're working top down or bottom up, I don't want you now to go to this place of one's better than the other. So just notice with curiosity, self-compassion where you're at, because you're going to bounce back and forth. Every trigger is going to be different than another trigger. Every response, whether it's flight, fight, freeze. Now we've got flop friend. The way that you process that is going to be different. As you're trying to apply this to yourself right now and how this relates to where you're at, be very kind to yourself with how you have to approach them. Perfect. And it is a learning process, which mm -hmm. is 
in anything. We, we teach children to tie shoes and how frustrating that is because they just don't know how to do that. You don't have a lot of experience in knowing how to do this either. And you're learning day by day, experience by experience. And I will tell you some of the most glorious meetings that we have are when I have a woman come and say, I want you to know that I was able to master myself and knew what to do. And they tell you this story and they're just beaming because when you have knowledge, it's power. It's knowledge is incredible power and, and experience to be able to know how to do this. And so please be gentle in that growing process that you're learning in. Right. One of the things that might be really interesting to end with today is just to talk about the idea that there is healing, because I don't want you to think that this is going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to be doing this top down work and I'm going to be doing this bottom up work. And all I can expect is just to always manage this. There is something called post-traumatic growth. And that is so exciting to think about the fact that you can actually get to a place of healing. And part of that is, is that we're going to be doing that top down, bottom up work. And as we do that and we get better and better at it, as you get those skills honed and you know what to do and you react and you say, okay, I'm in a trauma space and I know what to do and you do it, you get out. That every time you do that, there's a little bit of self-confidence that starts to build in you that you are no longer a victim to this, but you're the victor, that you know what to do with this. And it's so interesting. You start to build this thing called resilience, which is wonderful. And resilience is a, a greater understanding and ability to be able to take adjust well to any trauma or anything that comes on or any major sources of stress. And it's awesome. You start to feel that confidence that you can solve. If this comes on me, I know what to do. Okay. You get that connection as you are in this space of, of healing, you, your connections with people around you, because a lot of times in the trauma, we squish our world down into a very small space because we're afraid everything's going to trigger. So we stop seeing friends and family and, and becoming parts of things. And so that now we're going to expand that world because the world isn't so scary anymore. We're not getting triggered everywhere we are because we know how to do that. You start to focus in on maybe some of your positive qualities that if nothing else you can say is that I am a absolute rock star. I am a survivor of this. I am no longer a victim. I know what to do. And that's just an amazing thing. You start to focus in more on what you're good at. And maybe what you're good at is bottom up or top down thinking. And you get good at these things and it builds confidence in you as you do that. You learn how to cope with your emotions. Instead of having your emotions run your life, you're running the emotions. If they pop in, you go, gosh, I know what to do with that one. And off you go. And then will you, and one of the most important things is you gain control back in your, and that is an amazing thing when you're not having the world just run over you, you are saying, no, this is not right now. I'm going to do this instead. That, that feeling of control that comes back in as you learn these skills and as you start to work with it, it's just amazing. And it all equals up to this idea of resilience. And some people, as you gain these skills and this knowledge, the resilience just starts to work. And that is just exciting to think about, but you'll be more empathetic about people around you. You'll be more kind and compassionate for people that struggle. There's a lot of uh, really wonderful things that happen. You might start, your thought patterns may change into things where you're thinking things like, I'm stronger than I'm realized, or I'm going to be okay. I can get through this. You feel strong or hopeful or close to others, confident in yourself. And you start standing up for yourself, maybe a little bit more, or you seek you're seeking safe places so that you're not getting triggered as much places are safer for you. And maybe just the most important part is that you start bonding with others and your world opens up again.
So this idea of post-traumatic growth is a real thing as you learn these skills and as you move into that space. It's glorious and wonderful and to get your work, you get your life back, ladies, which is awesome. Well, you're there. talking, Jody, which thank you for saying all that is so beautiful. And as you're talking, the word whole is just coming to my mind. It's just we feel whole again. I can relate to that. And I remember feeling so broken apart in pieces through my trauma. And as I worked that healing, I felt whole and complete again. And it's beautiful. It's empowering and all everything you're saying. It's really beautiful. Thank you for, for sharing that. Welcome. Welcome. The, the image that comes to mind as I listen to both of you together is the Japanese art of yes, where you have something that's broken and they put it back together with gold. And not only is it whole, but it's stronger than it was before. And so, Ooh, I love this. I haven't heard of this. Oh, Google. Kasuki. Yeah. You've never heard of this. It's awesome. No, what a beautiful concept. The analogy is so perfect here because when we're using the term post-traumatic growth, it's not just healing, but you can become stronger. Jody, you just listed so many beautiful promises that come of doing your work around connection, having empathy, resilience, gaining control of your world, stronger self-worth. There's so many beautiful things that can come from this. Let go of who you were so we can help you walk to something so much better, so much stronger than you've ever even experienced. And that post-traumatic growth can take you there. Yeah. There's a beautiful song by Callie Reed called Broken. It's a music video and it's about her talking about her broken life and it's her, she breaks all these pottery and then she puts it and then a master comes in and puts it back together and it is just beautiful. So it's just, it's a beautiful concept and that's what can literally happen in this post-traumatic growth is that you're not the same. You will never be the same. This trauma changes us, but it's- you're right. Uh, yes. I'm glad I'm not the same. Yes. We have grown a lot in this process. And that's one thing that I think the sometimes the women lack is that idea of hope that life will ever be okay. And the truth is it will, yeah. it will. We don't know how it will look different, but as you move through healing, it looks different and it feels different and it's better than it ever was. We're better than because we've gained that strength to be able to change. And that's an amazing thing the, to realize how much is inside of us that needs to still come out. We're not squished. We're just going through a process of transformation at this point. It's a very hard process, but if you keep working at healing, it is a wonderful process. Kind of like the a caterpillar to butterfly feel to it. But I, I will tell you that what I hear so many times from the women I work with is that I would never want to do this again, but I'm so grateful of how I've come through it. Jody, our listeners have been so fed and lucky to have you join us today. I, I myself have loved this and just that reminder of the hope and that post-traumatic growth, what a beautiful way to wrap it up. So thank you for volunteering your time. Anytime. And your energy, you are welcome back anytime. <laughs> and for our listeners, just thank you for being part of our conversation. And we look forward to seeing you all next week. If you'd like more help with your recovery, then reach out to chooserecoveryservices.com. Check out our team of amazing coaches that will help you along your way. It is your choice to choose healing, choose recovery and choose you. Take care, everybody.